Bros on Nugs, live with you again. Episode 15, it's the NCAA Tournament! We also won tonight on a comeback against Chicago. Chi-Town got nothing on us. Come on, Chi-Town, you come down to Denver slash Colorado Springs slash Fort Collins. You come down to the front range and see what happens if you guys can handle the front range because you can't. Just a bunch of people from Chicago, which is a, a beautiful city. But I will say one thing about Chicago. Wrigley Field, overrated. Get out of here, Wrigley. You're the ugliest old field that I've ever seen. I'll go to, I will go to Fenway all day, every day. But Wrigley, from the outside, once you get an inside, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is really cool. I feel it. But man, from the outside, Wrigley's a piece of junk. And we have dominated now the Chicago Bulls after decades of Michael Jordan. Um, which kind of speaks to where we are as a franchise, my friends, Bros on Nuggets. We like to hate on how difficult it's been to, to be a Nuggets fan. But dude, let's be real. There were some tough years in the late 90s. But, I mean, overall, our franchise has been awesome. Do we have championships? Yeah. No. Uh, compared no. to other Denver sports teams. Right? I mean, we've been pretty consistently at least playoffs minus the, uh, minus the late mid to late 90s, which was a rough stretch. But if you take away that stretch, that like seven, eight year stretch, the Denver Nuggets are awesome. And the Chicago Bulls without Michael Jordan have been trash and we've dominated them. So take that, Bulls. Take Am that. I right? Oh, man. I'd say you're right. Yeah, we've dominated yeah. Jordan. Nine and oh. We've been nine and zero. What was the, the home record? Was the home record like fifteen and zero? Like, the overtime record was eight now. Yeah, they're just crushing the Bulls. Beat, beat the Bulls fifteen times straight at home, right? Or was it thirteen? Thirteen, Tim. That's the number. And um, I was listening to Saba, a Chicago rapper, on the way to meeting up with my brother earlier today. And uh, it made me think, we're going to beat the Bulls, man. We're going to beat the Bulls. And we did. That's what we do. That's how we roll. Will, do you get a spring break? No, I don't get a spring break. I'm not a teacher like you. I'm glad you're uh, you're going to be enjoying your spring break going to Oregon. Excited for you. Spring break. Fully vaccinated. Me and my wifey. All of our parents. Uh, if only these... Uh, darn uh variants like don't hurt anybody uh in terms of vaccinations we'll be fine so we'll see of course i'll be wearing masks i'll be taking care of myself as i always do but uh pretty pumped up to go somewhere beyond the border beyond <laughs> el paso to teller county border beyond the 80909 <laughs> It's been a year, homie. It's been a year. So I'm excited about that. 
Um, spring break 2021. Uh, shall we reminisce on our best spring breaks ever as college students? Because I don't have any. I didn't have any fun in spring break as a college student. You call bullshit. <laughs> I uh, Will and I honestly came back to Willow Park a lot. I yeah. did one year. One year. Uh, <clears throat> I went with our buddy uh, Ryan. We had a friend named Ryan and Ryan. Um, spelled it R Y O N. I went with him down to his uh, hometown of Nogales, Arizona. It's Nogales, Tim. You went to Nogi. We went there, and uh, uh, you know we had some good times. And then my buddy Jonas showed up, and we made a bunch of. Uh, I now appreciate Scotch. At the time, I did not, but we made Scotch Jello shots. Gross. And, uh, Gross. Yes. They were terrible. It was me, Jonas, Ryan, and someone else. And I don't remember who Jonas was with, but the person Jonas was with and Ryan did not care for him. So uh, obviously Jonas and I did all the jello shots and then we walked across to the Mexican border. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're there. You're like, oh, look, I could buy pills. I could buy knockoff uh, Oakley's. I can do this. I can do that. Next thing I know, we're following Ryan to a strip club. Uh, and we started crossing train tracks and I look at Jonas and I was like, it might be go time, man. I was like, you don't cross the train tracks. Like bad things happen when you cross train tracks. Um, so Jonas and I were on high alert. Long story short, my buddy Ryan, uh, tried to convince, uh, tried to marry one of the strippers. It didn't Ryan work out. Or Ryan or Ryan? Ryan. Not, not Ryan Davis. No. Ryan. Uh, it didn't work out for him. Um, and so, uh, eventually we walked back across the border and when they asked me, where are you from? This is before you needed a passport, I guess. You just had to show your state ID. Mm. They go, where are you from? I was good and drunk. I said, America. And, uh, (laughs) the, uh, the person was not amused. So, um, (laughs) that's my one, like, I didn't go home for spring break story. That's cool, man. Uh, Hey, look who is showing up on Bros on Nugs. Adam Stratton. Got nothing better to do on a Saturday night. (laughs) On a Saturday night. He must be married with children. (laughs) (laughs) Like all of us. Yeah, dude. Uh, Thank you, Adam, for joining us tonight. You be you you and uh, speak your truth as we talk nuggets here. Hey, Tim, didn't we go to Sewanee on spring break? Oh, God. We were, we were not in high school. We, I mean, were, not we were not in college. We were in high school. Well, we were, we were in high school. school. <laughs> we, were sophomores in, we were sophomores in high school and went to Sewanee for spring break. And uh, that's my, that's my that, spring break story. We don't need to get into that's details. A, that. That's when I decided I wanted to go to college. <laughs> so I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to go to college. And then I went there for spring break, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to college. Do you think that's why mom sent you out? She was like, uh, Tim's thinking about not going to college. Let's send him to hang out with Dave for a weekend. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I, I, I had expressed to the parents that I was like, you know, school's not my thing. I don't want to, like I had said at some point, I don't want to go to college. And next thing I know, I'm on a plane with Will to to Swanee, so maybe, or maybe it was like they were thinking Dave will show them a classy time and be good with them. <laughs> I mean, I, I love our parents, especially mom, but 
you know, she's a little naive. Um, yeah, or brilliant, one of the two. Or both. <laughs> uh, Adam, I never went on a senior trip. <laughs> But you guys got to go all the time. And, uh, well, just if we're talking about love and Adam Stratton being with me, uh, with us here tonight, can I just say lunches with you in high school were the best lunches. And I, I know there's been hardships in your family, but, man, that that was true, like, just true love, man, going to, the, to your house at lunchtime. And I'll never forget also like WCW um, wrestling on N64 because that was also amazing. I'm so pumped that Adam Stratton's in the house. Make sure you're staying engaged, dude, if you want to. What a win, dude. What a win. Can you believe it? Okay. For real. Third quarter, honestly, probably with like two, le two minutes left in the fourth quarter, I was like, this game, uh, we're not going to win. It's not going to happen. Um, but the brilliance of Jokic and Murray once again arise. Uh, you forget in the NBA. You forget in the NBA. Yes, Adam, the tacos were amazing. You forget in the NBA how important it is to have two dudes that can do something. That's all. I mean, it's nice to have a three, a big three. But down in the clutch situation, if you can run pick and roll with a point guard who's vicious and a big, you can score from basically anywhere, you are tough to beat. And did they almost give me a heart attack? Maybe. I'm trying not to pretend that I have AFib. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in the end, those two dudes showed up when they needed to. Uh, and I, I love that about our guys. Uh, what'd you guys think of the game tonight? Let's start with uh, Willie. Oh man, that first quarter, uh, we just—I I, I felt like we were sleepwalking. Uh, thought that we could just show up and win win the game. And Jokic only had like four points. I know Murray only had three points in the in the first half. And I, and some typical of these games that we lose, we don't defend the three point line. And I was like. And it's not like the Bulls are a great three-point shooting team. So I was yeah. like, it's just one of those nights. It's not going to be our night. Uh, the Bulls are knocking down threes. We're not defending well. We're not communicating. We're kind of sleepwalking. And we aren't making shots. Like Barton, who played a, a decent game, was one for six from the three-point line. And he's been playing great lately. And I was like, man, it, it just didn't look good in the first quarter. And, and, and until like the last... Like that run, that run before the last two minutes when, when Faku had some huge, uh, huge defensive plays. Man, Faku, that steal, that steal on Levine was huge. And uh, and then, Mur like, I was just, I was going to text you guys. I was like, where's Murray at? He just sensed the all-star break. I know he had a, a good game against Charlotte, but. And then he just drops 30 out of nowhere, man, and just goes off in Thank God, because I was like, where's Jokic and Murray? We're, you know, if they're not going to play well tonight, we're going to get smoked. And man, that that step, like that three, as Jokic, you know, pushes in the lane and, and, and makes Thaddeus Young dive when he shouldn't have to. 
to create that open shot for Murray was just a thing of beauty, man. And then Murray pump fakes, sidestep threes to go to overtime. I, I, I was pumped. Yeah, if you listen to the interview afterwards where, um, oh, not Marlo, crap, the dude from Notre Dame. Lombardi? The dude who had cancer, the... the Vic uh, Lombardi. Yeah, Lombardi. So Lombardi asked him, like, what do your teammates think at this point? Like, do, do, do we, should we expect you to make this shot? And Murray literally laughed at him. He was like, you don't know me, man. Like, I, I, I wait for these moments. That's what he said. He's like, I try to get my teammates involved the first three quarters, and I'll wait for these moments. And that's a kind of cocky thing to say. But it's also what you want your point guard to say, your franchise point guard, uh, after a game. Uh, total confidence Jamal Murray has. And, uh, and Jokic also... I thought he was going to take it himself, and he unselfishly, because he could have gone for two, he uh, unselfishly dished it out. Jamal Murray makes a great pump fake, ball fake, and sidestep, as you mentioned, for the open three, which I was like, how much time's left? Oh, 0.4 seconds. Nailed it. What a badass, dude. What a badass. Uh, Timmy, your thoughts on the game? Initial thoughts? Uh, initial thoughts, uh, so we came out the gate and Murray hit that three. And I got really excited. I got pumped up. I was like, hell yeah, Murray's Murray's, Murray's here. Murray's ready to play. Um, but obviously he trickled off in that first half. Um, I, I got really frustrated, obviously, as I would, um, as any Nuggets fan does, is we get frustrated when we're not playing well. Um, the first half... Fuck it. It's over. I was like, this is not good. The Bulls, like, not only were we not playing well, the Bulls were shooting ridiculous. Like Will said, they're not they're not a great three-point shooting team, but they had eight three-pointers in the first half. Like, they were making shots. And they continued to make shots until, like, that fourth quarter where we finally locked down and obviously into overtime. Um, third quarter, I made a note of, is Jokic finally getting calls? Because there was kind of like a ticky-tack call that he got. And then maybe five, five like literal minutes, not basketball minutes later, there was another point where I was like, nope, Jokic is not getting calls. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I kind of felt. And, and, and what was really cool was seeing, I got really mad. I'm, all, I'm obviously Facebook groups. I'm in a Nuggets Nations Facebook group that I left tonight because people were just dogging Murray. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, you guys, this is a negative group. We're supposed to be positive together. We're supposed to come together as like fans and be like, we've got this. And to see him come out and play the way he did and make that game tying shot to send us to overtime was a beautiful thing. And, and fuck you. I love you, man. Like, I love that guy. Like, I, I get it. He's not an off, like, He's not a scoring threat. That dude can assist. That dude heckles on defense. He gets clutch steals. He assists the hell out of the basketball. That dude is freaking awesome to watch. He's a pest. He's a pest. I'm sorry. If I was any other fan, I would hate that man just because of how scrappy he is. And it's awesome to watch that steal like, like Will mentioned was huge. It was huge. That's when I wrote, fuck who I love you. Um, yeah you know what makes it better is when you say Faku I love you in your my baby's asleep voice 
because you're really got a 90 star B5 going on. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been told to be quiet. I did think early that uh, Coach Donovan, Billy Donovan, uh, he was doing a good job of calling timeouts when we went on runs early on. And that was kind of hurting us. But like as the game went on, he was running out of timeouts, so he couldn't call those timeouts anymore. And the last timeout he called in the fourth quarter, when I uh, was starting to like, when I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, all his timeouts have led to our runs ending. He called that timeout. We kept, we came out of his timeout and just kept balling. And at that point in time, I was like, you know, I was like, at that point in time, I was like, we're going to win this in regulation. Uh, but obviously, it went to overtime. Uh, very exciting game. Very exciting game. And hell yeah, Jokic and Murray, man. Um, yeah, hell yeah is right, man. Hell yeah is right. What a big freaking win, man. What a big, I don't want to hide that. Sorry, Jeremy. How dare I? Um, all right. NPJ tonight was a little bit of love and a little bit of hate, right? Um, MPJ's been playing so well, and I guess this is a, a thing with younger players that I have to get used to as a fan, I suppose, and that is that consistency is going to come and go with these types of players. MPJ, over the course of the last three, four weeks, um, including before the All-Star break and obviously after, has been playing really well. Um, tonight did not show, and uh, again... I think his next level of progression is, if I have a rough go offensively, uh, by the way, he started jacking threes right off the bat and did not try to get to the rim. Um, And when he got to the rim, it was off of cuts and he made wide open dunks, which is great, which is great. That's what he needs to do. And I know MPJ's point line is gonna say different from what I'm talking about right now, because MPJ probably scored what? 15 points. He scored 19, 19 points. 19. 19. Okay. So I know his point line is going to say differently. But a lot of those were off of easy dunks, easy put-ins, and maybe I think he was he shot really weak from the three tonight. Um, but again, if you're MPJ, the, the thing he needs to learn in this game that Jamal Murray, it took him three years to learn. Nikola Jokic, it took him three, maybe four years to learn is that if you really want to be elite and you really want to be good, you have to actually help your team in other areas when you're not scoring. And MPJ is not quite there yet. Um, and and I, I was a little bit frustrated with some of his defensive decision-making tonight. And I don't want to hate on him because I've seen great strides and you guys all know this. We've seen great strides from him the last four weeks or so. And he is scoring the basketball. But if you want to get to that next level, and ultimately, and here's where I'm a Nuggets fan, if you want to help the Nuggets win a freaking championship, there's no night off defensively. You don't get to be lazy with your feet. You don't get to allow cutters in front of your face. You don't get to hedge hard, like forget to hedge hard on pick and rolls. Like you don't forget these things. And I felt he was lazy with his feet tonight, as were a lot of Nuggets. I'm not, I shouldn't just point him out. There were a lot of Nuggets who were. But that's, uh, that's, I was a little frustrated with MPJ tonight in terms of his effort. 
Um, but ultimately, didn't cost us. Uh, and like you guys mentioned, he scored 19 points. Do you guys have any rebuttals or agreements with what I just said? Yeah, I I, I would agree that. Um, but I think it was over the team overall on the defense. Been he. He was running into screens. He wasn't communicating well. He was taking possessions off defensively. I think that's, I think that's definitely fair to say. Um, I, I, I still feel like he. I, you're right in regards to taking night, nights off, but I mean, he he's the only one who was cutting. <laughs> I mean, like he, he cut, and that's how we got those 19 points because he was only one for five from the three-point line tonight. I mean, he missed a couple wide-open threes. So did Barton. Um, I, I think what you can compare and get mad at and frustrated with is his effort uh, rebounding because usually he's been a double-double machine lately. He's been averaging 10 rebounds a game, and he only got, like, five, six rebounds tonight. So I, I hear you there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like he, he was a huge part of why we were playing bad early. I mean... I, I think, yeah, well, I don't know. I think that's that's pretty fair, Dave, because there were some pretty bad possessions defensively that led to some runs, and he was a, a significant part of that. But it's not just him. Um, it was, I think he's been playing great, and he, he's an X factor for the team. Well, it was, it was also Will Barton, and these are your fringe players. I mean, MPJ is obviously not a fringe Millsap player. played not well offensively either, but Millsap that's played. offense, not defense. Millsap played bad. Uh, Will Barton in uh, 40, 42 minutes of the game played mm-hmm. awful. And then all of a sudden he was willing to try to get and ones and get to the rack and do his thing. Uh, Will Barton frustrates me right now. I, I just, he seems to be in some weird limbo, you know, like, are you going to be great for us or are you going to be nothing for us uh tim i want you to comment but after that i would like to talk the gary harris situation timmy what do you think of mpj tonight uh I, you know obviously the last the, the previous five games he was averaging 20 uh 20 plus points um and like will alluded to he was averaging a double double with 20 plus points um Offensively, he came out. He was not squaring up. He was taking a lot of dumb shots early. It was frustrating. Um, granted, he got 19 points, but I felt like this was the MPJ we were seeing early in the season, um, where he was about offense and not playing defense. Like there were a couple times he let guys back cut on him and get layups slash dunks. Um, he didn't come out and play defense at all. And he has prided himself recently this past, you know, he's like, I'm tired of people saying I don't play defense. And like, honestly, from the point he said that his defense improved. Um, But I really feel like, you know, I don't know if it's because you're playing, you know, an Eastern Conference team or what it is. I feel like he tried to take the night off defensively. Um, He wasn't communicating. Like I said, he let people back cut on him. Uh, His back was like when, when you should be in help his back was to the ball and to everybody else, you know, he was just looking at his defender and not, not being there for his teammates. Um, defensively, this was his worst game that we've seen in a while. And I find that frustrating 
because he's supposed to be our third player. Murray was struggling offensively and was trying his and was playing his heart out on defense. Granted, he 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 had his moments where he had some flaws, um, where he gave some easy buckets up. But at least Murray was struggling offensively and was trying defensively. Whereas I felt in this game that uh, MPJ was all about trying to get points. Like he was so high on himself for you know averaging 20 points over the last five games. He's like, oh, I'm unstoppable. Um, I think he was concentrating more on the offensive end, and that's why you saw him chucking up these ridiculous threes, not squaring up, yeah. shooting shooting deep threes, and, and, and not playing defense. I think he took a step back tonight. Um, granted, if he's going to take five steps forward and one step back, I'll take that. <laughs> but you know, but but this was a this was a bad night to step back. These home games are huge. We need to win the rest of this home series um, to help us out with the Western Conference. Um, and, and and to take a night off on defense is to is to take a night off on your teammates. And that's yeah. Um, yeah. You, you need to come out every game from this point forth is a playoff game. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and I I know you say that from the, from the beginning of the season, but. I'll, I'll jump on that now that it's post all-star game. Like every game is a playoff game. It's all about seeding. It's all about who you're going to play in the playoffs and you can't take nights off. And I feel like he took a night off on defense and, and there's a lot of people who did, yep. um, you know, we, we struggled, but uh, you, you specifically asked about MPJ. Yeah. Well, what you, what you want is that that's the thing. You want MPJ to take that step to the next level. And he's so freaking close, you know? He is so close. And then he has a night like tonight where he just didn't quite do it. And um, I, that'll happen with young players and I get it. I just hope he learns from it. Like, hey, effort defensively. But we can't play, we can't blame MPJ alone. Let's remember that Jokic was letting some easy shit go, especially at the end of the game. If you guys remember that uh, sideline out of bounds play where they got a wide open layup in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game. And you're like, who's defending who here? Who's picking up what? Jokic was closest to the basket and just let a guy like go right by him. Yeah, that was Murray and Barnes miscommunication when they let oh, Kobe White yeah. sprint out by him. Yeah, I get it, Will. I do get that. I get that that's the miscommunication. But who's the closest defender to the basket right there? Well, Colby White's going to out-sprint Jokic. No, no, but who's the closest person to the basket right there? Yeah, but he's still defending his man, and he's at half court. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, at that point, it doesn't matter. that when, when, when those guys don't switch that screen and Colby White, it's like arena football when they get the run behind the – you know, the motion behind and you get a, a freaking running start. He's going to toast him. It's also like Steve Atwater is a free safety with a, a wide open receiver sprinting into his area and doing nothing about it. Jokic did not move, man. He he didn't do anything and then tried to react afterwards. He could have sagged further in. Why, why, why was he so concerned about his man at that point in time that he was not defending the basket? I'm just trying, if we're gonna be crucial, about MPJ defensively, I would like to take a moment to be crucial about Jokic there in that one crucial moment. Or critical. Crucially critical. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, no, I hear I hear you're right though. He could be sagging more. Um I think yeah. I 
I feel I was more like Barton and Murray not talking to each other, but I hear you. Well, who's defending the bucket, man? Has this not been a problem? Yeah, has this not been a problem? I hear you, I hear you who, boys. I hear you, who, boys. Who's defending the bucket? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, Colby was going to be in the bucket every time getting that running start. Uh, not if you're not defending. The, not if you're defending the bucket. Like, do you want your dude to shoot a three, or do you want Kobe Wise to shoot a three? Who do you want to have the ball there? That is a mental lapse by Jokic, and you can blame who you want. But we've all played basketball. Uh, you got to be be between your man and the bucket. And I know it's not your man, but help your teammates out. Yeah. Jokic, Jokic struggled. <laughs> he is. Uh, Jokic struggled early, man. Offensively, Jokic, Jokic, Jokic didn't score until he hit that three, man. He missed some inside shots. Like Jokic struggled the start of this game. So the fact that he finished with thirty-four, you know, he, he, you know, he put on his big boy britches and came out and played. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. He, he struggled early, man. Like, like it wasn't like we, we were just hard. We were just going after MPJ, but like it was a group effort struggle early on. And Jokic was a part of that, man. He like I, I think his first points was that three in the second quarter. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I mean that's the first bucket I remember him hitting. Um, you know, but he finished with thirty four. So like in the second half, he got his shit together. And I get what you're saying, Dave. Like, obviously, you have your man, but your goal is to stop the people from getting to the fucking basket. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, when you're playing like, defense. Why is he almost at half court? She should be at the right. Line, right? Like, yeah. like when, you, when you're growing up playing basketball on a fast break, your job is to stop ball. If you're a number two guy, what is your job? To drop back and protect the basket. And, and I, so I get what you're saying, Dave. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, that, that play just really frustrated me because it felt like a microcosm and I love using that word microcosm mm-hmm. but it, it felt like that like moment in the game where everything the Nuggets had been doing that was like absent-minded the whole time just kind of showed up right there and Jokic <laughs> is to blame honestly um, in a lot of ways for that um, but I love Jokic obviously he is the MVP of the league. And if you don't think so, fight me. Uh, fight Tim, fight Will. I don't think any of us think that he's not. And where's Joel Embiid been? I don't know. He got uh, hurt. Yeah, exactly. And here's a dude who's played the whole season uh, ham, like hard as he can, right? He stepped up. There are games, the Nuggets, there are multiple games. The Nuggets don't win if he's not showing up in the fourth quarter scoring points, which is strange to think about. Like, you've got this 6'11", goofy-ass kid, 25-year-old, 26 now, who who is smooth as hell, dude. He's so smooth. And he just shows up when he needs to. And what's cool about the Nuggets, and I was, I was alluding to this earlier, is they've got two guys now. They've got Yoke. And they've got Murray, who are both willing to sort of step up when it really, really, really matters. Not necessarily when it really matters, right? But when it escalates to a point where it really matters, you got two dudes who will run a pick and roll in a two-man game that are kind of unstoppable. I will take that two-man game over any other two-man game in the NBA. Someone tell me a better two-man game in the NBA, please. Please. 
I'm asking you guys. I don't, I don't think I have one, but to kind of go off on your thing about uh, Jokic for MVP, uh, I totally agree with you that he belongs there. Uh, the numbers he's putting up, he has uh, more point, points than LeBron James, more rebounds than LeBron James. LeBron James has more assists. He averages uh, the same rebounds as Embiid. Um, here's the thing, and, and Dan Patrick said this this week, and I'm a big Dan Patrick guy. Um, he said Jokic's season and the numbers he's putting up is ridiculous, but nobody cares because he's not in a big market, and that's what's going to hurt him. That's bullshit, though. And screw you, Dan Patrick, for saying that, by the way. They, 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 that's crap. real. Yeah, well, no, I mean, he's real. being real, man. Who's gonna? Who's no, gonna no, win no. The One second. One second. Who's gonna win the MVP, Dave? It's not gonna be Jokic no, no. with the greatest season what? in Denver history. No, when a big market dude like Dan Patrick, who has this whole audience in a big market, says something like that, he's perpetuating he the evil. And come on, dude. If you think that Dan Patrick, I mean, if you think that Jokic is the MVP. Why don't you, with a platform, come out and say it? Instead, you're saying, and I didn't listen to what you were just commenting on, Tim, but instead of coming out and saying, hey, Jokic is the MVP, I don't care that he plays in Denver. Instead, he's saying Jokic can't be the MVP because he plays in Denver. And that's big market perpetuating itself. And I know you love Dan Patrick, but that's not cool, man. He doesn't get to vote for it, for one. One, he doesn't get to vote for it. Um, and two, he was just saying based on the media and the people who do vote for it, he is the big market. He's talking about the mothership. I'm, he's talking about the people who actually vote for uh, MVP, and they're going to vote for a big market. They're not going to vote. They're going to vote for. They're not going to vote based, based off who had the best season. They're going to vote off of. Did he, did he uh, say that Jokic should be the MVP? He said he should be in contention. There you have it. There you have the, the big market thing's kind of silly to me because what about Giannis? Giannis doesn't play in a big market. No. Man. He plays in a little crappy ass Wisconsin market. Let's let's be honest hey, about hey, the have disrespect you ever been with Jokic. Go, go ahead, Tim. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just I was just saying, have you ever been to Milwaukee? Milwaukee? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Milwaukee. I love that movie, by the way. I, I love go ahead, I love Wayne's I interrupted you. <laughs> but uh, what I was trying to get at is like let's let's be honest about the the MVP bias with Jokic. It's because he he just plays the game differently. He's not athletic uh, in a lot of ways, and what I mean by that is he's, he's not in, in any means like a LeBron James or a Giannis Antetokounmpo in how he plays the game. He is calculated. He is smart. He is crafty. He is smooth, like he's he's so smooth. I, I I don't know. He's not flashy, you know. Like and everybody, like people are talking to how Dame Lillard and James Harden should be ahead of him in the MVP conversation, and it's because of how they play. I mean, if you're going to say that, then then Murray should be up there eventually too. Like it's because of these guards who handle the ball and shoot these huge shots and take these ridiculous deep threes. It's because for, for Americans, some people don't think he's fun to watch. Go ahead. I was just going to say, don't you go, you go Tim. 
I was just going to say, don't forget what James Harden did in Houston before he was traded. Like, the MVPs based on an entire season. Yeah. That dude was a little bitch before he was traded. He complained and cried. Yeah, James Harden's MVP conversation in my mind. I'd rather have Kyrie Kyrie win that. Here's my thing. Kyrie doesn't even deserve it, man. Whatever, dude. I agree. But, like, if you're talking usage rate, are you talking usage rate? Because who brings the ball up more than Nikola Jokic? Who plays more minutes than Nikola Jokic? Who has just brought their team uh, half a game behind the uh, third seed in the Clippers, which we all know the Nuggets are not, are not too scared of? Nikola oh, we'll Jokic, like, how is this an argument still? I don't get it. You're taking a, a team that should not be where they are, and you have two dudes. You have two dudes. You have two dudes. Who else is filling in? Give me, okay, maybe Michael Porter Jr. Maybe this third-year guy who's kind of up and coming, and he shoots the ball really well, but he's a giant asshole. Maybe he's your third dude. I don't know. But, like, like who's your third dude? You don't really have one. It's, it's Jokic and Murray, and Jokic and another dude. <laughs> I'm just a dude trying to play a dude trying to play another dude. And Jokic is the guy. He's the one who makes it all kind of click, clank, clankety clank. Uh, you know, we're in an electric vehicle age, so there's no oiling on the engine anymore, but he definitely provides the electricity. So, yeah, take that. No, the, the thing is, is he, des- he deserves it. He's just not getting yeah. the love of some of the big market people, man. Oh my God! Here we go. Dude, this it's was a timeout with everybody for like the last fifteen minutes. I'm proud of us. Oh uh, yeah. Let, 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 let's move on. We all agree, Jokic should be the MVP. yeah. Jokic for MVP. It was great. Really pissing off my brother from the seventies. You know. You guys, you guys have other things to talk about tonight? Well, I, I would like to talk about. Uh, I would like to talk about the Hornets win. Yeah. Okay. Uh. All right, it was good. Jay's game, baby. And, and we can get like this will lead back to Jokic being the MVP. I mean, we just got to discuss some things, man. Okay, uh, you, you were pretty fired up, Dave. I think we need to move on and come back when you've goosefrapped a little. Yeah, you guys got me all worked up. What, what were you guys doing tonight, man? Well, you know, I, I was I was I was playing off of Will's body language early on, like when you were saying something and like he was disagreeing with you. I was like, "Ooh, Will's like, ooh," and then and I felt like you know, let's get Dave fired up. Will Hornets, I like your beard. Ah, uh, it's coming in. Not, I don't know. I still have some. When, when's the voting? Because I saw a guy who works for the city today already with like a giant beard. It's June. I probably won't like, win, but I don't like, know. Do you, I'm just gonna like, grow it out a little bit. Start growing it now, or is it like you already have a giant beard? Oh no, we, we the, the competition has started, and whoever has the beard is already winning. <laughs> so, well, so it's not yeah, like, it's the not forestry like, people are probably already beating me. It's Can not I, like let's start a beard growing contest, and whoever grows from a clean face to here. Yeah, because the dude I saw the, the dude I saw today like already like. I don't know if he's in it, but Hornets, let's talk Hornets. I just can't wait to see Will with a big bushy beard. Yeah, and last comment, Will, on your beard is um, 
go to Beards and Brews? Tim? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's it called? Oh, oh my, my barbershop? Yeah. Uh, Blades and Brews. Blades and Brews. Yeah, that's where uh, Matt Foster gets his done, and they do it upright. So if you can grow it out, like they'll make it look good. Oh, I won't even touch Matt Foster's beard, dude. That thing is amazing. Well, but I hear you. I will get. Kidding. I will go to Blades and Brews. Hey, well, you get a free beer out of it. That's fuck, fucking right. I guess free. I mean, you're paying for a haircut, and they give you a beer. So I mean, I don't know. So yeah, like you're paying for a twenty-five dollar haircut. At least they can give me a two-dollar beer. Uh, no, not a two dollar beer, dude. They legitimately give you beer, man. Yeah, like they good beer, man. Uh, they they typically have like cerebus and goat patch, man. Mm, like, okay. they, they, they they get kegs from like local breweries and like and like sometimes they get their hands on seasonal shit. They they do the beer. I just right think too. it's funny that I'm trying to grow a beard when the summer is coming and it's gonna get fucking hot. And you know what? You know what? This might be the coldest summer on history, Will, and you'll be happy. All right, Hornets. Charlotte Hornets. Hornets. <laughs> uh, tonight's tonight's broadcast, by the way, is brought to you by uh, Blades uh, off of Colorado, next to five hundred three W. You guys gotta go. Drinking an epic day. Are you guys drinking anything? Are you? Yeah, I sure am. Uh, up tonight. Do you want the story behind the beer I'm drinking? I feel like it needs to happen. Ooh. Sure. Tell the story. I'm drinking Sunrise Sensei. And our good friend who is in our bracket with us, Chris Baswinger. Baswinger. Uh, was good friends with Is that the double? That's that a black IPA. IPA. Yeah, it's the black IPA. Uh, and good friends with uh, the brewer Jay, uh, Jason, who has since passed uh, on a on a hike last year. And you guys can check out uh, any sort of NPR report or anything like that. But I guess one love. I once drank some uh, tequila with this dude, so you know there's a part of me that mourns. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yes, sir. Everybody mourns when a good human's lost. Exactly. Good um, humans are hard to find. They are, dude. They really are. Like, genuinely good humans are hard to find. So when yeah. you find them, hold on to them. You guys. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> and it's a delicious beer. And there's been multiple beers made in his honor. But Sunrise Sensei seems to be the one that works best uh denver brewing company that's where he brewed and um one love right one love one love i i uh thank you for sharing dave yeah i'm drinking third window brewing company uh second son my brother uh david went on a uh, beer run for me when i was crippled and could not drive uh but now I can drive and I can walk when I'm in a boot. So things are looking up for this guy. Two thumbs. Double thumbs up. Will, what are you drinking? There's that. Uh, I've, I'm drinking Epic Day because it's been an epic day. Nice. Epic hey, Will, Day how many- Double Indian Pale Ale from Eddie Long. 
Never heard of it. You're a liar. Is it the, is it the grapefruit edition? Nope, that's the crank anchor. Hey, Will, uh, are all your kids asleep? Sure are. Did you do it all on your own tonight? Uh, no. Sabrina typically puts down Rowan lately because he's easy to put down now, and Theo is more needy, so I get the hard one. Yeah, that's what she said. All right. <laughs> I don't know what that means. She's not getting the hard one tonight. Yeah, okay. We don't need to go into it, Will. You know wow. said it, dude. No, that's not what I said. That's what she said. You can All discreetly right. buy pills for that now, Will. Like you don't have to go to your doctor's office. You can like like a, a little 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 box arrive. What are you talking about, homie? Uh, I don't know. Hymns. Hymns. Um, moving, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. This, this Bros and Nugs episode is brought to you by Hymns. <laughs> <laughs> You listen to sports talk radio, you hear these commercials, guys. I hear Jimmy. you. Um, Charlotte Hornets? Maybe. Just a thought. Okay. All right. Let's do What's it. Question, Dave? What's your question? I've forgotten. I really have forgotten. Uh, Charlotte Hornets. Uh, let's do it. Let's start with uh, Tim. Uh, okay. Um, skimming my notes. Uh Zeke Naji's block to end the first quarter was freaking awesome. Uh, can we take a time out there for a second? Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention this in tonight's game. Zeke Naji stepped up big time. When everyone else was playing like shit, he like actually showed up and like tried hard. It was cool to see. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Zeke's going to be a good one for us. I it's agree. Really to watch him play. And then. And, and... I have the note that we need more Jokic. Jokic, this is another game he started slow. The dude finished mm-hmm. with a triple-double, but he started slow, and I was like, we need more Jokic. I got really fired up when Zeke had that block at the end of the first quarter. I was like, okay, here we go. Um, we were not shooting the three well. To me, like like at the, like when we finally got up by 20, it was the closest game when you're up by 20 like you feel like the game is so close but you're up by 20 like I had that feeling like halfway through the third quarter I was like I finally looked at the score and I was like oh shit we're up by 20 I was like this game felt so close for so long um my my, I have a couple big takeaways we need to attack we we need we need to start attacking and, and work our way out I've said that several times um, <clears throat> Faku Faku had a career high 10 assist Faku I love Faku Faku yeah. I love you man he, he had 10 assists hell yeah that's his NBA career high um, and, then, and the other thing I took away is and it pisses me off and it's because they're trying to make him another star is that fucking LaMelo Ball. I will not call him Melo. There's only one Melo in the NBA, and that's Carmelo. LaMelo is already getting bullshit, soft, ticky-tacky calls that that our, our, our MVP candidate, Jokic, can't get, 
nor can Murray. And I think that is my biggest takeaway from the Hornets game. Um, and I think that's just, I think it's bullshit. The dude's 19 years old, hasn't proved himself, hasn't overcome anything. He's just uh, started on the bench and now he's starting. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying the dude's not talented. He's probably the best of all the all brothers. Um, but I can't, I can't stand the fact that that dude at 19 is getting calls and our superstars don't get shit. Uh, time out with Tim. I appreciate that. And also, I agree with you. The Ball Brothers are so overrated, man. So overrated. And like the broadside of a barn from outside. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it. People really like them. And I know that we have listeners. I'm talking about you, Chris Baseswinger, who love the balls. <laughs> but I don't get Chris it. Man. Balls. I don't, I don't really get why everyone thinks they, they're good. I don't know. They just look dumb. They look lost. They just like, you look at them and you go, that is not a smart man. He may be talented when it comes to basketball, but I don't think it's all there. Like, I'm, I don't think that's a fair comment, Tim. I do. <laughs> Look at a picture of Lamelo Ball, Dave, and tell me different. Yeah, no. MPJ uh, also looks dumb, but he's also like doing a great job most of the time. And MPJ. Uh, is dumb. Hold on. But he's our dumb dumb. <laughs> we I all need a dumb dumb and I I happily accept that role in every every uh profession I'm a part of. I happily accept the role of dumb dumb. Uh so just so everyone knows we're not talking like incredible shit here. But I I happily accept that role. I will say a lot of people think MPJ uh, a lot of girls, I shall say, think that he's an attractive dude. So while you see Dum Dum, they see beauty. Will they see? They see dollar dollar bills, y'all. They see money. Will? Oh, I didn't hear you. <laughs> Sorry, all I heard was Tim going dollar dollar bills, y'all. Money. <laughs> <laughs> um. This was the MPJ game, man. Like he, I, I know you, you. We've been dogging on him a, a little bit, um, but defensively, he play, he played well in this game. He 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 actually played good help defense and rebounded really well. And then I like that he's not unlike tonight, not forcing the transition three in this game. He made good passes to Jokic uh, when he was wide open on a mismatch dumped it in, and then a couple times where Charlotte was really determined to run him off the three-point line early, and he made good decisions, whether it was a, a, a pass out of it or a pump fake into a jump shot into the mid-range, and he was knocking down those shots. That's The nice thing about why MPG is, MPJ has been successful lately is him and Jokic are getting some consistency in some chemistry in regards with the dribble handoffs. Like we like he's used with Murray and Harris in the past, and that's an easy bucket, man. And we saw it tonight too. These dribble handoffs that create space for MPJ to make a mid-range jump shot because he's just money. Um, I will say this also is that the the second unit brought uh, 
brought energy, rebounding, and defense that we needed because we did have another slow start. I was worried about Jokic, like Tim stated. Uh, I, I didn't feel like Charlotte had anybody who could even touch him. And I'm like, why isn't he doing scoring as much? But he was really a facilitator this game and was dropping dimes early. Um, and, you know, Faku again, man. Faku on these times where we start slow and we need defense, he's been bringing it, man. When we haven't been defending the three well and just no energy and just kind of come out sluggish, he changes the whole complexion of the game for our whole team. And he did that again the night against Charlotte. Uh, I will say one thing that annoyed me is Marlowe was in love with Terry Rozier. Called him a dynamic scorer. I was like, Terry Rozier's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Terry Rozier is a good player. But like Marlowe was in love with him. He's like, oh man, he's so good. Oh, Terry Rozier, dynamic score. I was like, what are you talking about, Marlo? But I guess he's one of their best players. So, great. Marlo has some weird love interests with some of these other players. And I'm like, I don't get why you like him so much, man. Well, great commentator. Yeah. Great commentators can see things that none of us can, which is why I considered myself a great commentator. Uh, Tommy Hammonds is one of the best nuggets ever and no one else ever saw that and i guess it was just me <laughs> i just don't think terry rogier is a dynamic scorer yeah well like it, maybe i don't, maybe I don't part look of at terry rogier is like you gotta score. man you gotta send two at him you can't let him you can't let him do do his thing maybe will part of it is that you don't know what a dynamic scorer is there was a moment when we were up by 30 where we got relaxed and I felt like uh, Rozier kind of kind of got some extra points there when we were up by 30 and kind of got complacent. So, I don't know. We all know Marlo's dumb, dumb. Dumb, dumb, want gum, gum. Night at the museum, nobody? Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, night at the museum. Number one or number two? First one. Dum dum one gum gum when he's got the the big head from. But I digress. I hope Jeremy Heiberger's still with us. Warm. <laughs> he may be. Um. All right, guys. What do you think of the game before that? <laughs> the Pacers game. That's it. The Pacers that game. I uh. I'll jump off. I thought uh, Will Barton started off really hot. I mean, he scored our first eight points. Uh, I was really worried that Yoke hurt his groin. Like, he limped off the field, like, grab, grabbed his uh, groinal area uh, and limped for a few minutes. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, but obviously, that was not part of the problem. Uh, our second unit struggled. Um Green came in in that second quarter and hit some good shots and was like starting to bring us into it. Um, I really, that, it was a very frustrating game. And then we went on a 22 to two run to start the fourth quarter. And that's where you thought played well. And I credit that to Paul Millsap, uh, Will Barton 
Faku, MPJ, and Dozier, because that's the group that started our fourth quarter. And those are the people that started our 22-2 run. Like, I thought we were going to lose this game. I was like, oh, shit, we're going to go 0-2 at home. And then uh, that group came in and played that start of that fourth quarter, and uh, they really just set the tone for the fourth quarter. And it was great to see that group right there just owns. They're the ones that, like, took it from, like, a close nail-biter game and, and were able to separate us from the Pacers. Um, and they, they, they were hustling on defense. They were hustling on offense. They were, uh, Faku was getting steals and getting assists like crazy. And it was just, they played team basketball and they played with passion and they played with heart. And it was fun to watch. Like the first three quarters, just forget about them. That fourth quarter was Nuggets basketball. You know, it was, it was Nuggets basketball at its finest. You had a couple of starters, you had a couple of bench players that just showed the cohes- the cohesiveness that we have within our organization and our players to be able to have, you know, some bench players playing with starters that can go on, that can start the 22-2 run that led us to victory. And uh, I think, I thought, you know, there, there, there were a lot of points where it was frustrating, um, but that fourth quarter... Man, that fourth quarter, both ends we were playing well. We were playing on selfish basketball. We were sharing the ball. Um, it was all about that fourth quarter for me. It was so Will, exciting. The way, the way Will, and, Will and Tim, we've lived through Nuggets lows, the lowest of lows, and Nuggets highs, I guess as high as we've ever been, right? Um, is it a treasure or a trove that... I don't know what that means, but we'll just roll with it. Is it a treasure or a trove that we can turn things on in the fourth quarter to win games? I think it's it's stressful and fun at the same time, and but you can't take it for granted. You the the Nuggets have been like this for the last two three years, man. Where but sometimes you can't turn it around. Like you're losing to teams you shouldn't lose right. to. And it's really, it's even happened this year. You're like, how are you losing? How'd you lose to that team? And so it, you shouldn't take um, it for granted. I, this is, and when we talk about the team like this, we talk about Murray. Uh, it's, you know, when we were losing early, Murray had three points in the first half. Like, it, it, we, 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 Murray is a, and it's your favorite word, Dave, a microcosm of the Denver Nuggets season. <laughs> um, and it is, you're right though. The nice thing is, is, I mean, let's look at it. Like, let's, let's go back to the bubble. Uh, when, when we were playing Utah in the first four games of that series, we were, everybody thought like, we're like, damn, we're going to get fucking smoked by the Jazz. Let's get series over they didn't come to play what the hell this isn't the nuggets i came to expect and then holy crap uh murray and Jokic turned it on and i don't know it, 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 it live by the sword die by the sword yeah yeah i guess when you watch other nba teams like you just wish that they were I mean, if you pay attention to scores, which we have to as great journalists of the Denver Nuggets, uh, 
you, you see like the Lakers might be behind in the second quarter, but by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, they're up by 15. You know, it's, it doesn't always happen. Loves LeBron. But you would hope that the Nuggets would have made that leap to um, we're going to not make this so chaotic all the time, you know? But that being said, what have we won? Like seven of the last eight games? Six of the last seven? Where are we now? Seven of the last eight, I think. Yeah, and we're we're seven actually a half game out of the three spot now. We're a half yeah. game out of the three spot. And this was the stretch we were like, hey, take advantage, man. Take advantage. And they have done that. So I guess what do you really want out of them? And I, what I beg out of them, as I'm sure what every real Nuggets fan or Coach Malone in particular wants out of them, is the best all the time. And we just don't get that. And it makes it hard. Like, I thought we were going to lose to Chicago tonight. Honestly, I thought we were going to lose to Chicago. Like, I, I was like, damn it. You're going to give away this game. And now you had to work extra hard to get back in it. And now you have to go to overtime to try to win it. Right? Like, now you got to overplay Jokic. Yeah. When you could have just played hard from the beginning. And they didn't. They didn't do that. But maybe that's because they knew they were playing Chicago. And they knew that if they stepped their game up and just stayed around, you know, like they could step their game up halfway through the fourth. And and that's a little bit of cockiness. Like, uh, we're that good. We're that good. You know what I mean? And that's what scares me about them is like they might think they're that good, but they don't have to play hard all the time. And if you watched the tourney today at all, you saw college basketball players win or lose, working their asses off <laughs> to try to win. Like, they played so hard. All of them. Like, if you watch any of the tourney, every single team is playing hard at – they're just going balls to the wall. And it makes it so hard to then turn on the Nuggets as they watch Chicago just sort of take advantage That's of true. them. Good it, point, it, man. It made Good it so point. difficult, dude. And it and they point, made yeah, and then, and then all of a sudden, with like half a quarter left in the fourth, we were like, oh, we can play like that. We can play balls to the wall. We can play fast. We can do these things, and we can shoot lights out. That's not a game. It's not a game I like to play. Like, I'd not a game. It. Not a game. It's not a game. Practice. I'd rather, game I love. I'd rather see it all the time, you know, instead of like halfway through the fourth, now we're going to play hard. But I guess it's the NBA. You play 82 games. You can't play hard all the time, can you? Whereas yeah. it's the NCAA tournament, and you know you it's do or die where you have to just go ham. So I, I guess yeah. I get that dynamic. The majority of those NCAA players, that's their career. Yeah. Like, you have your 1% that leaves – college basketball and goes on and plays in the NBA, but that's like, or 2%, whatever the statistic is, it's something like that. But you have 98%, 97% of those players that don't go on and play at the next level. So they're, they're, they're legitimately leaving it out there on the court. Yeah. And I think you lose, you lose that in the NBA because you're starting to see dollars and you're starting to get paid. 
Well, and you have to play 82 games or 72 this year, right? It's a, It's got to be a different dynamic. Um, I don't know. I'm happy with where the Nuggets are right now, though, for real. Uh, do you guys have a bad, I mean, do you guys have a good feeling, bad feeling about where we are? Uh, it feels good. I, I want to talk a little bit more about this Pacers game, though, real quick. Um, before we move on, um, I, I, I don't have a lot, but I texted this to Tim when it happened because it was hilarious. Uh, Dave, you watched the Pacers game on Altitude, too, yeah? Uh, did you guys hear the argument between Marlowe and Hastings during the clear path foul? Yes. It was you hilarious. Said married, you said married couple, and I had thought that, but then you texted it, and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> like Scott Hastings said, it, it, it should have been a foul, but meant it shouldn't have been a foul. And then Chris Marlowe called him out. And then Scott was like, no, I didn't say that. And then they were arguing, arguing for like a good like minute and a half. <laughs> and I don't know, like I, I know I'm not explaining it well enough for uh, our bros and nugs listeners if you weren't watching that game. But if you were uh, during that McConnell foul on Barton for that clear path foul, you were thoroughly entertained. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. They were arguing like an old married couple, dude. It was great. Oh, you can just tell, like Scott, like, and I feel the same way. Like I'm hundred percent agree with Scott Hastings. It's just Marlo's fucking annoying, and he's just like, "Shut up, Marlo." You know, he just wants to say, "Like, shut up, Chris. Shut your mouth." At one point, you puny little skier. Volleyball. At one point, Hastings goes, you're not hearing what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that is totally something anybody who's been in an argument with a significant other has either been told or has said. And so Will's comment of them being an old married couple was just, it was, I I found it quite comical. I usually just cave in and I'm like, you're right. I don't hear what you're saying. I'm sorry. What were you saying? I'm so sorry. <laughs> the Nuggets were on. Talking. There was 20 seconds left. We were about to go to overtime. You were talking to me. Uh, I love you guys, by the way. Just you know. Dave, are you going for the Ted Lasso look right now? Uh, I, actually, I'm going to shave this off tomorrow morning if I have time. I might keep it, though. We'll see. Uh, Liz does not like it. It's been well documented. So by next Bros on Nugs, which is next Saturday or Sunday, I will... This might be gone. Maybe. That's unfortunate. Jimmy's clean shaven, too. I really like your stat. Yes, I lost the battle with my wife. Um, I will grow it back. It most definitely will come back. I'm close to that gunslinger mustache that I really, really want in my life. Um, no. I have, I have the wax. I have the comb. I'm all in. Oh, Tim, you can grow it when you want to. You got it, dude. Well, Will, what's your favorite? Where are you in Ted Lasso? What episode? I'm on episode eight. Oh, you're almost done. Okay. It's, it's a great awesome. show. Got to watch it. 
Uh, you're, you're right, Dave. Uh, any coach, anybody who wants to coach, who cares about coaching, should watch Ted Lasso. Little side note on Ted Lasso. Do you know where he got the character? No. He developed it, and I read this actually last week. He developed it from his high school basketball coach. Who was just overly optimistic? Yep. Just a dude who he was in his early 30s, took over his high school team, and was just super optimistic. Gave a quote at every... Like we used to do, put quotes on the board. Like That's where he got the idea. I love the suggestion box. Yep. Here's a hope and one of our athletes goes on and makes fun of us. <laughs> they already mock us, just not publicly. <laughs> I will say my favorite part of Ted Lasso is when he's talking to the reporter and he goes, you don't care about wins and losses. He's like, coaching isn't about wins and losses. Yeah, It's about making your players the best people they can be on and off the field. Yeah. And I like, I was like, I love that. I love that quote. Yeah. What an idealistic quote. Yes. Idealistic indeed. But he, he nails it. Yeah. Oh, a lot of his quotes nail it. Uh, but only in the way that Hollywood could do. Exactly. Well, that's, coaching, though. that's coaching. It is. At a, at a non-professional level, that's coaching is trying to make your, your players the best they can be on and off the court. So that's a great quote. Oh, well, and then that's the thing is is how he takes it. Even though he's in a professional level, he nothing's too too serious. He doesn't take it too serious, which is interesting. I, I personally think I'd probably I've never seen this show, but I think I'd enjoy it because at one point in the previews that I've seen, he looks at the and goes, "That's offsides." <laughs> like, no, seriously, explain it to me. That's offsides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, It'll help you understand soccer better, Tim. <laughs> that's where I am with soccer, and so I feel like you know maybe maybe I could benefit from watching it at some point. The only but thing that you're sorry, bro. The only thing that irritates me about the show is that it is based off of those commercials he used to do for NBCSN when he was a Tottenham coach, and I'm an Arsenal fan, and Tottenham can go screw themselves and way to be eliminated uh, Spurs from the Europa League. After being up 2-0, and then a week after losing to the Gunners, screw you, Spurs, get out of town. Uh, but Ted Lasso's awesome. Should we get you Ted Lasso mustache? Thank you. I'm working on it. Um, okay. Well, we've done a great job tonight. Is there any last uh, words we should all say before next week? Go ahead, Timmy. Uh, Dave, enjoy your trip. Oh, thank uh, you. Get, get some good pictures of some whales. I love a good whale watching trip, as we discussed earlier today. Uh, William, I hope I see you soon, my brother. Uh, go Nuggets. Uh, Will, have you seen the baby yet? No. Hopefully you get to see Dot here soon. Well, it sounds like this is the week. You've seen her through the window, right? <laughs> that doesn't work, bro. She's a little baby. She's no, 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 maybe maybe Tim and I can work something out tomorrow. I got to take Theo to basketball practice tomorrow morning. So maybe I can do something after basketball practice. We're, we're, we're to the point now where we're, we're ready. Um, pandemic, no pandemic. We're ready finally. So, so. Cool, man. We'll make it happen. 
Is Theo dunking? What's the hoop size? Oh, it's like a seven foot, six foot rim or something like that. So like the rims at bitch ass Columbine? Yeah, because the rims at Gateway were higher and you guys lowered the rims to make you feel better. Dave, Dave nice. Nice. Caught all of them. Well done. I'm just saying, Columbine uh, was full of a bunch of bitch asses, and we uh, Gateway was where I was at. Just so you know. I'm just gonna say, I still to this day don't know if the rubber burn or the carpet burn was worse. <laughs> right. What's worse? Right. Oh, the rubber. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, the rubber burn is really, really bad. Like Columbine doesn't have carpet, and you're like, okay, that's great. And you get over there, and you're like, uh, that rubber burn kind of feels like a carpet burn. I mean, like, they both hurt. They both hurt a lot. <laughs> they both stink. Like, I don't, I don't know who's winning on that one. Oh, uh, dude, he nailed I, it, man. He nailed it. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, officiating fourth and fifth grade basketball. Oh, oh, Heiberger. Of course, the Columbine kid's going to show up here. Of All right. Yeah, screw you, Jeremy. Shut up, Worm. Yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> need some Columbine support. We are Columbine. We are Columbine. <laughs> Get out of here. We all know the athletes came from Gateway and the chicks came from Columbine. <laughs> we also all know that Columbine is where the bougie-ass people live. Gateway was hardcore, man. We had to piss in tires. We had to pee in tires on playground time. Exactly, dude. Y'all got a great playground with multiple. They did smell like urine. They did smell like urine. That's yeah, because we your potty break during playtime. Exactly. (laughs) It was like an initiation. If you hadn't peed in those tires, you hadn't gone to that school. It was like a real deal. Like kids would line up outside and be like, have you paid these tires yet? So, hey man, uh, you, you got the you got the play park because you got the grant because they felt bad for you. Actually, uh, our, our, our mother worked on that. Yeah, thanks yeah, that's why we got it. Personal. She and did actually, that. She was a huge part of that. Yeah, people from sure. Columbine were like, why do you guys get it? And uh, my mom was like, it was my idea and I came to everybody with it. So uh, Susie Graff, yeah. you can thank for the play park. That is still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the one, she park. actually traveled around Colorado and took pictures of other play parks. Play parks. Yeah. And took it to the school board. This is what we're doing. And uh, fun fact is uh, Matt Miller and I both went missing uh, from, from the child care facility during the building because we were like, screw this. <laughs> you know, that? Yes. Matt, I, I remember what? it. I'm pretty sure it was Matt was like, dude, we got to get out of here because we were like in the playroom with like the military guys who were like watching us because like the the uh, the 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 Colorado National Guard helped out building it. And I'm pretty sure it was Matt. It was if not, it was one of your other friends. It's like, we got to get out of here. And so like the guy left the room for a minute and we ran out the door and then they stopped. They halted everything until they could find us <laughs> wow and we were just running around from every, we were trying to run from anybody and everybody because we didn't want to get caught because we didn't want to get in trouble so uh 
Yes, we, we uh, in our own tiny people shenanigans, halted the building of that playground for a while. Like, they thought they had lost children. That could not have been Miller. It must have been like Steve Hackbart or Scott D. Was it? That's great. It was one of your friends, man. Yeah, I didn't know. I always always contributed to Matt Miller, so maybe it wasn't. I don't know. It was one of your friends, and they were like, Tim, we got to get out of here. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I'll fall. Yeah. Uh, Is there a better playground than the play park in Woodland Park? Uh, Would you like to comment anyone from Columbine? No, it's not. No. That, that was the coolest thing that happened in a long time for kids. <laughs> yeah, it was. How sad is that? We got a wooden playground, dude. <laughs> like, how sad is that? The kids today are still like, uh, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? God, Woodland Park is such a... Does it have TVs? Right. Does it have YouTube? Oh, an interactive play park would be cool. I remember yeah. when they cut the cord and like all us kids were running in. <laughs> this is a bad story. I apologize. Um, <clears throat> I already chuckled, but like they cut the cord and a bunch of kids are running in, and I was one of them. And this kid fell down, and like kids kept running, and I like turned and look at him, and I laughed, and then kept running. <laughs> <laughs> like all the other kids just kept running, and like I I turned like then like in your mind you're like that kid's gonna help that kid up. <laughs> And I just turned yeah. like, uh, I was a fucking laughed at the kid as he's getting trampled. <laughs> and just turned and kept running. Hey, <laughs> man. I get to go play. Yeah. I don't know, fuck you, man. Hey, Stay Park, Joker, feet, man. Bro. Dragon I remember slide. that. That's what's Dragon crazy. slide, dude. Dragon slide. I, I have, yeah, I have that memory. And then I have the memory where, like, you used to get in trouble for jumping the fence. Like, you had to walk all the way around and go through the actual entrance. And like, if you cut, cut jumping the fence, you had to sit a bench. I had to sit the bench all the time. I was like, I was like, lady, listen, I'm not going to walk around to enter, to go down the dragon slide. The dragon slide's right there. There's a fence right here that I can jump. I'm going to jump it. Jump the fence. And I'm that, was, that was a, a point of contention. I don't know how it happened, but jumping the fence was a big point of contention i don't i didn't understand that. The, the playground ladies didn't like it no my uh, <laughs> one last one from elementary school my last recess i got put on the bench four different times by four different par for, by four different uh uh playground ladies because like they would put you on the bench and walk away and i'd wait for them to walk away and i'd just get up and walk off <laughs> i was a model elementary school student uh hey man it's all good we realize gateway is better than combine and sorry will that's just the way it goes each his own all my friends however i must admit after sixth grade all my friends were columbine kids heiberger miller kenner kyle you name it they were all Columbine kids. Uh, I married a Columbine kid. So what do you do? Um, it goes back to Columbine, had the girls, and okay, we had the athletes, Dave. It's true, man. It's true. We won championships, man. Columbine kids just jumped on our shoulders. 
I do have to go to bed, though. I do. Me too. Me too. My wife's going to kill me. Hey, we'll do Bros on Nugs on Saturday night or Sunday of next week. Is that cool with you guys? Sounds good, man. I would think Sunday after you get back, man. Uh, Can we all get together for this next one? If you do it on Sunday, I think so, yeah. Sunday? Will? Yeah, we'll figure it out. He's making no commitments, but we will continue to work on it. Yeah, dude. (laughs) We'll make it work. That's still not a commitment, but I like it. Yes, I said yes. (laughs) When in there is, I'll make it work. Where's the yes in that, Will? He just said yes. He said yes. He said yes. I know. Hey, she said yes. I said wow. She said win. I said said, can't wait. And I asked if she believed in fate. She said, yeah. I love you. Okay. Love you guys. I'll see you in a week. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Highberger. Thank you, Stratton. Love you guys. Sorry, Lucas. <laughs> yeah. Damn. That's a rough Sorry, one. Dr. Lucas. <laughs> <laughs>